you have landed on The Substance, I'm your host, Trevor Aiken. And I'm your other host, Philip Marinello. We're two guys thinking critically about faith, culture, and theology. And we're glad to still have you with us. Thanks for uh, listening. Had a pretty good launch, I hope. Uh, this is the last episode yeah. we're going to record before we launch. And uh, um, we, I mean, already, again, like we said with the last episode we recorded, we're still very encouraged and humbled by the... Uh, response basically that we've had so far with putting out a trailer and the trailer listens and the shares and the people we've reached out to to be guests on the show just very encouraging very exciting i'm looking forward to seeing what god's gonna do and um just kind of what happens as we go in uh, 2019 here yeah absolutely thanks for uh being part of the launch and maybe after the launch listening to some of our content about different things that we listened to in 2018 or movies we watched or things like that, you might have questions about what's the, what's the line between interacting with media and culture and those kind of things in a positive way and what perhaps the Bible would term as worldly. Sure. No, that, and that's, uh, that's what we're going to be covering today, right, Trev? Absolutely. We want to think through these things critically, try to apply a biblical lens to figure out what, are some good guidelines to approach this topic. Yeah, the, the issue of worldliness is always an interesting one, and we, we don't hope to exhaust the subject or have anything like the final word on it. But as we are, like Trevor said, as we're going to be covering cultural products and media throughout the show, uh, want to kind of give a bit of a background to kind of our why and just kind of address, like, here is why we on this show we'll be covering some stuff and kind of what our thoughts and guides guidelines are with things like that. Yeah. I guess to maybe set up some of the endpoints as well, uh, as far as the spectrum that you could take on this on the far end, you would have the, just the fact that we believe that it, there is some media where it would be immoral to consume it under certain conditions. I absolutely agreed. Yeah. And I guess on the other end of the spectrum is it's permissible to it interact is, with media. With media in some way, and we don't need to like build a compound and um, sure. go live in the jungles of... Uh, and I mean, I, I really, if, if your position something. is that it's completely immoral for Christians to like interact with media, How you're probably you not listening to a podcast. But if you are, hey, send us an email. Yeah. Tell us scripturally why you think that. Love to hear from you. Yeah. Trevor guarantees that he'll read your email. Guaranteed. And there's a good chance that I might. He might read it, but I will read it. Substance guarantee. I like that. I think we found our first thing is our substance listener guarantee. There you go. So those are maybe our endpoints, and I think pretty much everybody rationally would agree with those things. Well, I mean, there are some. I mean, I remember, I, and I probably wouldn't have said that anything is permissible, but I do remember, like, probably in, like, late high school, early college, like, I probably, it would have to be a pretty extreme thing for me to say, Without a shadow of a doubt, like I'm completely categorizing that entirely as like immoral and like no Christian should interact with that at all in any way. Mm. And like, man, like saying that now, like that is still kind of a hard thing. Like when it's that final and complete, like I still go, is it like completely like, like absolutely wrong? So I don't know. Like I'm definitely probably, I'll kind of show my hand a little bit. I'm probably a little bit more open and I definitely have been in the past, but I'm probably a little bit more permissive, but like absolutely want to be holy and be wise and honor mm. the Lord with the things that I take into my eyes and ears and mind and heart and like the things that we take in affect us. Yeah. And 
they are like our our life is if our life is worship and if we're seeing here at the substance we believe the word we want to use a bible lens um we'd love to um, interact with other people who are interested in these things but here like that's where we're coming from that's where we're starting yeah. from so we want to be discerning and thoughtful and wise with what we take into ourselves and also just the fact that like time is limited here yeah in this world so man in a perfect that's world that's huge yeah because like at any point in time even if something is fine it's kind of hard to say that like taking in media is necessarily the very best thing right. that we can be doing with our time so i mean there's a lot of wisdom to be exercised and, in these and things. i would kind of i mean I, I think the time thing is just so big it's such a huge part of the way i filter stuff because my whole thought is like you know I can live a fulfilled life without having spent these things in media. I can be an, an intellectually fulfilled individual without having spent the time on certain media. And I can be all that God needs me to be in the Christian life without this media. Yeah, your, your wife, your yeah. job, your church, your community, like roles and goals. Your immediate ministry can be fully. <laughs> You cannot take in those things right. as edifying and enjoyable and like the wonderful and like a lot of it probably to a degree is a personality wise. Like for me, the common graces and the good th the good things in there for me, I just really, really enjoy. So I mean, personality is a part of it too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not like if somebody doesn't enjoy movies, we would ever make the case you have to watch movies. No, 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 certainly not. I mean, it's just like, personal preference as far as how you use your quote-unquote free time like you watch hours of soccer matches that i would just be like why in the world just because I it brings you hours of soccer matches it brings yeah. you joy yes and enjoyment that's true so there's obviously different categories there but the question that we want to look at is is what is appropriate and what is inbounds mm -hmm. as far as god's plan and i think even from a Christian perspective, there's such a wide range of views that you encounter nowadays on these Enormous. things. Why do you think some of that is? Like setting it up biblically, at least, Philip, like where sure. would you start starting like to build the out of bounds zone? Like what that would start to look like? Your last sentence kind of made me think. So the ver like why the wide spectrum? I think kind of before I answer that question, I sure. think it's interesting to kind of look at that wide spectrum and I thought you were saying, like, kind of putting the question forth to me, like, why do you think there is such a wide spectrum? You weren't. You juked it. But I think that an answer <laughs> to that question is kind of interesting. I think probably two things, potential reasons why there's such a wide spectrum is, one, people develop convictions on these matters, I imagine, and from talking with folks, because this is something as a movie lover, I've, I've had this conversation with lots of people, it appears to me that a lot of people uh, develop these convictions significantly to primarily based on their feelings, mm -hmm. what they feel comfortable or uncomfortable with based on their worldview, their upbringing, yeah. their context, things that affirm the things they think or don't. Yeah. Or depending on how open they are to new ideas, like their convictions of whether something good or wrong is what do I like and what yeah. makes me feel comfortable. So you said I juked you, and I think the way that you're saying that I juked you was the fact that like it, it, initially it seemed like I was going to be talking about the legitimate, like legitimate spectrum of views on something versus people who maybe have illegitimate pers 
permissiveness or non-permissiveness as it comes to media. That's and that's interesting that you, you said both sides of it, illegitimate permissiveness or non-permissiveness. The illegitimate non-permissiveness is an interesting thing. Hmm. Is that true? Because of like the conscience issue, which we'll probably get to later, like we don't want to sin against our own consciences. But I think illegitimate non-permissiveness man, that's hard. is a really interesting thing. I think you could make a biblical case for that category. I think you absolutely could. Yeah. But where does, so we've used so, the term worldliness. Kind of back up. Where, let's where back do we want up. to start? Yeah. We've used this term worldliness. Where sure, in the text does this even come from? Um, I don't know if the, the, the actual term trans, I don't know if there's any words translated worldliness. No. But many times, so many times the world is contrasted with the spirit. Sure. So, or like the the world is equivalent to the old man is equivalent to the actions and yeah. thought patterns and habits and lifestyles that are outside of God's will. Right. And so you're actually talking about a specific, in a sense, <laughs> text study that you can do if you look at the use of the word world. World in the New Testament. Especially in the New Testament, and I would say especially in um, John's letters. Okay. Um, John, you know. John, the guy who wrote the Gospel of John and then wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Revelation. Um, and in 1st John, you get the classic, classic worldliness text, which I, I'm sure you're very, very familiar with. I'm just going to read it from 1st John chapter 2, uh, 15 through 17, New English translation. Uh, John writes, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father isn't in him because all that is in the world the desire of the flesh and the desire of the eyes, and they translate the arrogance produced by material possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away with all its desires, but the person who does the will of God remains forever. Is that the net? Yeah. I like that you're using the net for the show. I'm still on the ESV, but yeah. I like that. I, I do like the way that they are very conscious about trying to translate into English that people actually use and understand. Sure. Um, and they don't have any ties to a traditional thing that you would typically need in a Bible translation as you're <laughs> going from Bible to Bible. So, so it's not so jarring for the Bible user to pick up the new translation. Um, but they're just linguists. So sure. anyway, that's for a different episode probably about Bible translations. Which we may or may not get to. <laughs> <laughs> like um, two years from now. So exactly. So do not love the world or the things in the right. world. And it's very clearly contrasted because if anyone loves the world, yeah. the love of the Father is not in him. So loving the world and the is things in it. And even. the things in it are directly contrasted with loving God. Right. And so there's your term worldliness in a sense right so there. So we don't want we want to honor the Lord. Yes. We, we want to be true to what he has revealed as his will and desires for us, and we, we certainly don't want to be in direct stated opposition. Right. So, do we love the world? Like, that, that's clearly something, whatever this is talking mm -hmm. about, is something we, we don't want to describe us. Yeah. And he even gets a little bit more specific, right, about the things in the world. Uh, once again, from the net, the desire of the flesh and the desire of the eyes and the arrogance produced by material possessions. Some people would make the case that, especially things like desire of the eyes. Yeah, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes. It's going to be accentuated or going to be 
that the media that you consume is going to feed kind of the evil part of you that has that, that is those desires. And I mean, if we're all being honest, we can look at what's on TV and Netflix and Hulu or whatever, however you watch, like there are plenty of things that clearly fall in this category. Mm. Or even if you're very permissive, things that if not handled with like the utmost degree of, of carefulness could very, very, very easily stoke these exact things. I, I can see that, why somebody would say that. And then therefore, because there are things out there, let's just make it easy and avoid it all or avoid everything with a certain type of rating yeah. or avoid everything with a certain subset of content and just be like, let's make it easy and just completely avoid this. Well, let's talk about that then. So I've been in this camp for, you know, at least I used to be in this camp at a certain point. Hey, well, if, if well, a movie has... Exactly. So you want to kind of give a brief sketch of like kind of your convictions through there? I think it depends. It depends on the, the movie and the setting. Typically, generally, my conviction is going to be that Randy Alcorn said it pretty well in The Purity Principle where it's like, hey, if you wouldn't watch this through a window, like you, you probably won't want to watch this through a movie. Golly, that was really convicting. That which was really is, convicting. Which is true and at the same time is hard to apply in a totally analogous way to everything because like I wouldn't watch World War II through a window. Yeah, probably, yeah, but you know what he like, meant. As far yeah. as like sen- that, like he was talking about like the sensual content. Yeah, especially sensual content. And so um, I think I think that's a really good guiding thing. And I think John Piper has said this in some of his sermons where it's like, well, there's a difference between violence and media, especially we're talking a lot about movies because you've seen it, but I guess we could get onto music here in a minute. Because movies are visual medium. Yeah. And I think it's where everybody starts typically. The the language you hear and the images you see kind of all go together. But yeah, going back to what John Piper said about violence is fake. Like you, you see somebody's head blown up like that guy didn't get his head blown off or like you see a guy get stabbed on TV like he didn't get stabbed any of the violence you see in a movie like it's all just theatrics it's all props and all that kind of stuff unless computer generated whatever has gotten a lot more clever nowadays like if you see nudity on a screen that's actually like someone's daughter or son or just a person naked you know some one of person God's creation actually naked on that screen and so there's a reality there to what you're viewing that to him puts it in a different category than violence. And I mean, I would agree. That's probably the hardest area to kind of nail down like a perfect, perfect standard on for me. But yeah, like you, that's undeniable. Mm. Like that is a person to whom that you're not married to. And if you are like, why are you letting your spouse take the clothes off in front of the whole world? So you would want to certainly avoid looking at that in an inappropriate way, but like you would be good to avoid seeing that, those images. So I think a lot of people, when you just said that right there, just thought in their mind, what in the world do you mean? Don't view that in an inappropriate way. Are you saying there's an appropriate way to view that? Yeah, I've had this conversation a lot. So perhaps, but there's also the option. Again, we can cut this out if this gets too in the week. Like, no. I so think I this like, is exactly what people come here for. I feel like there's also an option of like not seeing a thing. If I'm squeamish and I know a guy's head's about to get blown off, like close in a your movie, eyes, I can turn away also. So like I think there's also a difference between something that's drenched drenched in sensuality versus something that like 
has a bit of it that I wouldn't put in it there. I don't think is morally acceptable that it's there, but what if you're it's saying, very easily to avoid, then I can still see a movie and not see that thing is like, I don't know, something that I think about. So you're saying like you could do the equivalent of like going to the horror movie and reminding yourself in the middle by looking down that this isn't real. Like I'm in no danger to get yourself outside of the immersion so you don't have to feel that fear like you would might do in a horror movie. You could get yourself out of the immersion so you don't have to feel that sensuality in or gore or whatever it is. Is that what you're saying that you could do? Like just kind of close your eyes and take yourself out of the situation, take yourself out of the immersion of the film. I mean, I, I that, don't know where. Um, and that makes it okay. I don't know if immersion, I, I don't know where, you, like what that exactly has to do with seeing. Well, I think, the whole thing about a movie is you're in the scene. Like there's more, I, I think I bring up immersion because it's a audio visual experience that you're sure. In. So if you're talking about, I mean, sure, I guess then you to could, flatten it out. I could just say, so you close your eyes. Sure. So you just don't see you, whatever. You could, you could unimmerse yourself for if it's a clearly like finite portion. Sure. You could not be immersed in that. And that could potentially be an option. Yeah. Most people are going to say, Oh, well, just, not seeing it's also an option it's true so some people would think though that that's the only non-sinful option that's true it's true that they think that correct okay but they think that that that's true for you well and that's ugh. okay then maybe they do think that i don't know i'm i'm still working it's a work in progress i feel like i don't know like i i've definitely matured throughout these things and like i don't even know if this is like great radio here right now I mean, it's awesome radio. We're trying to get to the heart of the issue, right? And this is the heart of the issue for most people. What is? Sexual content? Sexual in content in movie media. You think that is the main issue for a lot of people? I think that for a lot of people, that's where they're going to go. It's that or... That is understandable, I We guess. could also talk, I mean, about one, what we're probably on the same side of, but on different side from other people, and that's like... Language? Harry Potter kind of stuff. There is that. Yeah. So you could go and talk about that, too. Let me talk about that for a second. I think that a lot, I don't know, in my personal experience, a lot of the people who I've known of who have not been a big fan of Harry Potter, I felt like have also been very, just in my personal anecdotal experience, have also been affirmative of other media, books, and films that have a magic or fantastical element that are more clearly scriptural influence a la like Tolkien or Lewis. Yeah, so so they hate Harry Potter, but they like Narnia. Is what you're saying? I've I've experienced a lot of those sorts of people where like I just go, okay, then you're kind of missing out on a cool story. What you're saying is you're just pointing out it's inconsistent. It's illegitimate because it's inconsistent. Well, it's not illegitimate. I find it it's illegitimate. I would say to to put that on someone else. Exactly. Because again, like I think the overriding thing, other than you need to seek to honor God, is like. Each person's conscience, ultimately, mm. scripturally, you can be perfectly within the potential boundaries that are fine. But mm. if your conscience is saying, hey, you shouldn't do that, and you do it anyway, like, that's a violation. Like, if you yeah. really feel in your heart that, like, reading or watching Harry Potter, you're, like, somehow affirming ungodly spiritual forces yeah exactly like then don't but isn't that divination is what i hear people say yeah i i just think that is maybe not the most informed or consistent sure position but if you truly think that like i'm not saying that you should watch harry potter just like we're not saying like 
if you think alcohol is bad, you should drink. Whatever your convictions are, like ultimately, like you're going to have to answer to God right. for them. I think it's really important. And, and if you are ever in conversations with people about stuff like that, stuff like Harry Potter, that kind of thing. like Or I remember like even Disney, like fairy tales, period, that don't, again, that aren't C.S. Lewis or Tolkien and have, quote unquote, redemptive story yeah. arcs, which a lot of the fairy tales do have redemptive story arcs. Yeah. But if they come from folklore or Walt Disney, yeah. they're more suspect. And even if you do... I think you, it's is good that you bring up fairy tales because if you look at stuff like fairy tales and what is a fairy, you start looking at folklore, and and a lot of this, a lot of that does come from like pagan beliefs about like weird forces in the world. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, uh, about just when you look at some of the stories or you listen to Aaron Mankey's podcast lore, especially some of the early episodes, and he explores some of these any concepts. Of that I enjoy some of his stuff. I've heard a lot of good things. I just it, have it takes a little bit getting used to his voice, I think. But once you do, <laughs> like, he tells some of these stories about trying European to get to like the roots and like the tales. real like yeah. origin of these things. A, a lot of it that's interesting to me is when he's got like legitimate historical notes where people were like saying like this kind of stuff was real about this fairy thing or this other stuff that happened just or in like the forest eating kids and stuff like that. Stuff like that where like actual police notes and that kind of stuff on certain things where like they took action and arrested this person because they believe that okay. xyz so all of that to say all of that to say like you could press this ad absurdum yeah but but i'm not trying i'm not trying to argue anyone out of their conscience and i think that's really important because is what looks like an absurd conviction to me if it's genuinely felt by you it is not correct for me to argue you out of it and I think it's okay to like biblically work through something. I did this with a guy um, that I was working with in college ministry before where he grew up in a family that was, he had either like grandparents or somebody in the family who was like really into like the occult and divination stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and there was a time in America where like the spiritualism movement sure. was super, super popular and had been affected by that. And so when his parents got saved and, and became part of the church, Part of what they did was they left that behind. Oh, 100 again. So 100%. for them, it was like, it was way more than just, we think there's some Old Testament text that says I shouldn't watch Harry Potter. It was like, this was literally our life beforehand. And so we had to leave this. I would never, ever, ever, ever try to be like, but you know, the prisoner Azkaban's real good. Right. I would never do that. Right. But I think, although it is, and I think the stance that I did take with him, though, is just to point out that, like, hey, your conviction on that does not equate to it being sinful for everyone else who would view that. Sure. So I, I think that's where texts like Romans fourteen five talk about each must be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who it talks about observing days because he's talking about. It you know, context specific issues there, but the one who does gives thanks to the Lord and the one who abstains abstains for the Lord and gives thanks to God. So none of us lives for himself or dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. We're the Lord's either way. And kind of as a, uh, it's not along the exact same lines, but I think kind of another verse to kind of put along with that is, uh, it's again, John, John thirteen thirty five. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So in our disagreements, to always remember, like, 
if you really think that somebody's doing damage to their soul or their conscience by participating in media or imbibing a substance, go to them in love. Like if you're just arguing on social media or just slapping the Harry oh, Potter man. book out of every hand you see, uh, like that's that that that's not the not, way to do it. Yeah. But, if you truly think someone is damaging themselves, talk to them. But like, remember that we're all going to stand before the Lord on our own. And on something like that, I I really really think that there's a lot of um, grace for those sorts of things. Let me also ask this question then. So we've kind of talked about conscience, which is obviously a subjective thing. Yes. So did we just sure. set up a, a completely subjective morality when it comes to these kind of things? <sighs> Ask that question again. So if it's just up to, you know, hey, this guy's conscience, he doesn't like Harry Potter, so he shouldn't do it, but he can't tell this other person not to do it. So I'm, what I'm saying is it literally is okay this person just doesn't feel like it's okay for them, so they shouldn't do it. But I can't just say like, well, I feel like, you know, it doesn't harm my conscience at all to, you know, go on whatever adult website just to push it to the extreme. It doesn't hurt my conscience at all to do X, Y, Z. So I'm just going to do that. Sure. And then the person comes and points it out to you and you're like, well, that's your conscience, but don't stomp on mine. Sure. How no, far it, do you go? Where's that subject. line? I mean, I don't know exactly where the line is. Yeah, but maybe not be. Where, where scripture is clearly, I don't know, because, yeah, no, some of these things are hard. There's not a one-size-fits-all answer, or else it would be, like, very clear and we wouldn't be having this discussion. That's true, and I think the reason why it's not clear is it does lie kind of in your heart, in your own conscience, in your own self, because the whys of of how you're interacting with something and why are you pursuing it? Exactly. And how I is think, it affecting you? I think that's enormous that for definitely a certain portion of my life that I didn't really even think about. Why do I want to consume XYZ thing? And like, does whatever perceived value that I find in XYZ thing, mm-hmm. is it maybe outweighed by some of the content I'm going to have to endure or hopefully avoid? The motivation and goal, I think, is really something that the more people should consider before they pursue, like yeah. decide to press play like is this something i should be taking in i think just active viewing and listening right. in general i feel like is something that will hopefully clear up some of these questions i think what you just said right there is super important like this active viewing because we have such a binge watching active is- viewing or active non-viewing whatever it is right but active, like like literally taking the reins and, and keeping control of your media intake and being purposeful with it is what you're talking about. Because we're not talking about just, I think it's so crazy that in our culture, binge watching is becoming a, a term that people use. And like, if you look at the term binge, it literally means to consume in a kind of gluttonous or sinful way, in a way that is objectively morally abhorrent. Like that is the the term binge exists to describe that thing. And so to, to use it in, in conjunction with watching is to say that you're doing too much of it, but it's become a socially accepted norm that this is just something that people do. And so connecting that with what you were saying about being active and purposeful with our media intake is the fact that if you aren't being purposeful, if you are just letting the next thing, whatever play on Netflix and just whatever P 
people told you at work was a fun show and you're not thinking about the content, you're not thinking about what the objectives are of you watching that and thinking through those things. It's not you can't just enjoy something, but... But at least at some point of the process when deciding whether or not, oh, this movie or show is out and I've heard things about it that make me think it might be interesting to watch. Right. Should I watch this? We can just get lulled into this passivity where we think that something we watch just is just something that we watch and whatever, but everything you intake, media or otherwise, it all has an impact on you. 100%. It all influences and shapes the way you view reality. Yep. And the realities that you um, will tolerate or the realities that you will be comfortable with or acclimate to like sure. that's it, it does that and so i think no matter what i think we can lay down a principle that we should be thoughtful and critical about the kind of things that we let into our mind because you have to be the gatekeeper nobody else is going to do that for you yep and you don't have to let any, old thing any kind of entertainment in your mind that, that sure. you don't feel comfortable with or that you feel is going to lead you to sin. And, and, and in some sense, if you and that, do... And like, if you don't have that question at all, that's immaturity. If you don't ever run it through the process of, will this be a stumbling block for mm-hmm. my soul, for my heart, or for my the people around me that in Christian love that I have obligations to? Right. Like, will this be a problem for me? Not just will old people or intolerant people say, like, tell me on Facebook that, like, I'm a bad person for watching these things. Like, sure. throw that out. But, like, literally, like, will this have a deteriorating effect on your soul or will it harm your witness? Or these things, like, th- these are questions that at some point should be thought about. And can I flip it around, too? Because every one thing I just noticed about all the questions you asked right there was that most of the stuff that you mentioned were negative. Will sure. this have a negative effect on me? I think a better question really is to ask, Sure. what positive effect will this have on me? Mm-hmm. You said about the time earlier, you weigh out the different ways that you can spend the hours, your time, yeah. the hours that you could spend. And I honestly believe this, that there are cases in which watching a movie could have a better positive impact on you and your ability to engage the culture with the gospel than reading the next theological book. Okay. That's possible, depending on what kind of you've already consumed around doctrine or whatever else, and what what you need to round out your thinking on the world and those kind of things in your life at that moment. But I think that's an important thing to think through, because what do you need? There's certain things that you know we'll review on here that we wouldn't recommend to everybody at every stage in life. Sure, there's certain people where. If you're coming out of a certain life or you're just struggling with a certain thing and you're trying to get victory over it and you're thinking through that and you're thinking through doctrinal issues, there might be other things, media, books, songs, sermons, whatever that you need to listen to or read or consume and get your mind trained in a certain way before you get your mind trained on whatever else. Because Mm -hmm. I think everything that we're going to be talking about will have some sort of mind-shaping quality to it. Sure. Well, everything everything necessarily does. Yeah, everything does. But I think the point of the substance is we're not just going to be like reviewing, I'll just throw out like Game of Thrones. Certainly not. Oh, and honestly, that's one that we could bring up because... That's an interesting question. Go for it. For me, I have a really hard time understanding how 
and this might sound harsh to y'all out there, so apologies in advance, but I have a hard time understanding anybody who claims the name of Christ could watch it. I do too. I do too. I wasn't necessarily there at the beginning. Full disclosure, like it came out when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I watched most or all of like the first episode at like my most permissive, like in probably the most permissive stage of my life. But even for me, I was like, no, no, this isn't, this isn't what I want to be putting into my mind. Right. So, so why? Like what's, what's different qualitatively about what's going on there? And I mean, if you don't know, like, obviously it's sexual content that we're, that Game of Thrones. Very explicit. That is pervasive. And very clearly for the purpose of stoking unlawful desires. So, mm. I mean, you don't want to parse everything, but like you want to make whatever artistic merit that the show may have, mm-hmm. which I hear a lot of great things about other aspects of it. But the fact of the matter is the explicit, pervasive, for the purpose of like stoking inappropriate desires. Yeah, It's just so much that like, I guess you could watch it on the the Mormon view or whatever. Okay. Like the, you could do that. There's and like if you media did, sensor whatever. things you can well, plug in. Vid nowadays, angel, what if they you call did it. that, yeah. like, okay, I don't know. It doesn't seem terribly wise. I would even question it in a certain sense that because it's like, if you need a, I don't know, cool fantasy story, can't you find one elsewhere? Or if you needed documentaries about like, yeah, like is the, the War desire, of the Roses or the something. Like, because you're like, it's just so great or is it more to like kind of fit in or what? I don't know. I don't know. And like I knew people that mm. before. I That's mean, a huge was, one you just mentioned there about peer pressure. Sure. Just because everybody else is watching it and talking about it. And I mean, I did know people who named Christ like who when the first season came out before it was clear that, I mean, it was kind of clear from the beginning how sensual it was going to be, but who are like, you know what, like, this is pretty compelling and pretty good. Like, we're a lot of people watching it together, and, like, there's accountability, and, like, we're trying to avoid it as much as possible and fast-forwarding and whatnot. But, like, I think at a certain point that kind of fell apart, and they're like, no, like, this is pretty rugged. Like, yeah. we're going to pull the plug on it. So, I mean, like, to say that, were they wrong for doing that at the beginning? <sighs> it probably wasn't advisable. It is kind of funny, though. It's like, all right, we're going to lock ranks, and... We're not going to band together for holiness to reach the world or to do this thing, <laughs> but like we're going to charge headlong into temptation. <laughs> like, sure. Literally, like almost what John Owen would call entering into temptation. But don't worry, we're going to be clicked up so we can watch each other's backs. Hey, that's that's a very valid point. There is a level of silliness when you when you view it at a high high level. At the same time. What's different between that and then, say, Schindler's List that had nudity in it? Sure. And I think what, you know, if you've seen that movie and and the kind of categories you might put that in. But there was also content that didn't involve torture as well in that film. Sure. So, in other words, it wasn't all just portrayed as, like, you know, prisoners in their state of whatever deprivation. sensual content. Sure. But I know what you're saying. So, like, something, something that's... In other words, like, uh, I don't know, a category of non-sensual nudity in a way. Sure. But like even that. a slave or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Schindler's List. Gas Chamber. There you go. But I think what that gets at is, is some of what we're talking about, where you have this movie that is describing a culturally relevant 
a topic that that at least that portion of it, right, the non-central portion of it, is there to describe the awful, inhumane realities that we're faced with, which is the product ultimately of the evil that lives inside of us, right? That sure. That um, we like to no, think was just a, some other people. It's but, a worthy exploration yeah. in and of itself. Right. So the difference is that we're talking about one is loving the world, like loving the world, loving the things in the world. The uh, very explicitly like the lust of the eyes and the lust of the heart. Right. Versus trying to understand a truth or a principle or explore or know yourself better or think through a philosophy as depicted through film that is using maybe some of these means to depict those things. Sure. Is that... No, I think those things are qualitatively different, but... We're not trying to create an argument for anybody that says that you should watch this so much as to say... And I think this goes back to the... There's a qualitative... Ill, yeah. There can, be a, there can be a qualitative difference. This is what Paul says about, in this case, abstaining from vegetables, but... <laughs> or abstaining from meat, actually. Sorry. He says, uh, but you who eat vegetables only, why do you judge your brother or sister? And those who eat everything, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Therefore, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, we must not pass judgment on one another, but rather determine never to place an obstacle or a trap before a brother or sister. So what he's saying there is that in issues of liberty, where in other words, where Scripture doesn't have a thou shalt not for it, even where some people thought that they had a thou shalt not from the Lord for it, right? Like they felt like they shouldn't eat that kind of meat that was sacrificed to idols, which was what was going on there. They, they felt in their own conscience that, that they had a law that applied to them that, that sure. they had to submit to. They Paul's thought saying, that, no, yeah. it is all lawful. I know that for true from the Lord, but if you don't know that or you don't feel that, then you're obligated to live by that conscience, but at the same time, you're also obligated not to pass judgment on the people who are doing it and, and think of them as sinful lowlifes. Mm -hmm. But then the people who are permissive also need to not look at the people who are abstaining and look down on it like, bunch of know-nothings, bunch of legalist weirdos. Sure. On that side, so that on each side, mutual care encouragement because again the goal love. like we are called yeah. as believers and again that's really the only people believers are nominal believers who are probably considering these things where it's like if your goal is to honor god then loving one another is the second commandment i think it's an important thing i can't there's not really a way to secularize it other than just self-discipline what is mental trash versus what is mental upbuilding and that's really a lot of what you're talking about with this topic is... It's like, what is spiritual? What's spiritually, like, yeah. damaging? Right. What will damage you spiritually if you take it in yeah. versus what will edify you spiritually if you take it in? I think that's a huge point. And I think something I was listening recently to with Brett McCracken, or past guest, depending on when this airs, um, was talking about there are certain things that it, with seeing certain this thing like did i progress in my knowledge of the lord or in my knowledge of the world or in my knowledge of and maybe not life. knowledge of the lord but like kind of as a person edification and yeah order. what did i leave better off than i entered yeah 
that's what you're aiming for, right? Is mm -hmm. is to have something that is going to add and not detract from your growth personally and spiritually. And and I think those things are intertwined. Sure. No, it's hard and it's not easy. Like, I mean, person. just that question there brought up the movie Braveheart to mind. Hmm. Where and I, and I know some pastors were even calling this out a couple of years ago where they're like, Braveheart's always bringing up, but like, there's like sexual immorality in that movie. And it's like, there's a time where that was like one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. I still think highly of it because every time I've seen that movie at the end, I do feel emboldened and inspired to like be a good man and to live a meaningful life. Now I don't need that movie for that. No. But like that is the effect that that film has it's on It's a me. positive effect. So like the fact that I need to skip something brief that may or may not be intended to titillate, I don't know. I mean that argument like that's kind of a like you could say anything is maybe maybe not, but like that's very easy to contain you want to call it break the immersion or whatever to literally skip past something very very simply that's easy that isn't pervasive or terribly like pertinent to the story itself to have those positive effects sure like i'm not gonna say somebody that watches braveheart is necessarily meddling with the same type of thing as that somebody watching game of thrones is yeah because game of thrones is episodic and there's just a constant bombardment and there's a lot of material yeah, there. Yeah, the, the, the sheer volume. Yeah. That's movies. Yeah, and this isn't hate on Game of Thrones hour either. It's just... No. We want to strive for holiness and something like that. Right. I feel like... I think it's just a pertinent is, example. It's very clear. Well, and in our culture, it's so pervasive in our culture. Yeah. It's like the number one show around the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's also important sometimes when we're looking through these things to be culturally self-aware. And I think that's some of what can help us process through like how much of this is, are we being subjective about morality or how much of this is just objectively like there are gray areas there, but it's, it's important to think through like the culture's approach to how individual we are. Families used to live together. You would see probably a lot more things in first century Israel um, oh, I see what you're saying. Then, sure. like, walk this out a little bit more. I see what you're saying. So, like, yeah, when you lived in close community, or even folks that like live in New York, and they say, like, listen, you look out the window, there's so many people just packed into a tight space. You will see life happening, and so that's different than like suburbia, where you've got your house and you've got, you know, all of this individual space. That's just so. What I'm saying is to back this up real far is just. You have to recognize your cultural moment and like where the culture that you live in and some of what is considered normal for you and those around you may still be culturally defined and would have been different, you know, in a different city or maybe a thousand years ago or different things. And that could affect the way you think about like, well, is this objectively bad stuff or am I? You know, is it just bad for me because of the culture I'm in and I'm used to and my Give me an example. I, I think I'm following you. Give, give us an example. Well, I think, you know, specifically kind of talking about like nudity and that kind of thing. It's real obvious. And this didn't go well for David, obviously, um, for a lot of reasons in his heart. But he could see people bathing on their roofs. And I, I think, you know, obviously that went really bad for Bathsheba. 
uh, and and him and Uriah and all that kind of situation that happened there. But the point being that he lived in a big city. I'm guessing that she wasn't the only one, unless this was if we do a cultural deep dive on that and say like, well, maybe she was being promiscuous in some way by doing that. But that's not what I've seen. I think it's just culturally it was different, right? Like these kind of things were different, and we might see therefore aspects of whether it's nudie, but just providing the bigger principle, whether it's that or uh, language or violence or all those things, the culture that you are a part of is going to color. And we've already talked about sure. that in different ways. What is sensual what for you? What sets off like a red alarm what in is, your conscience. What is sinful for you? Like literally what is sinful for you? Um, it will change those things because Culture does define a lot of that. Well, no, sure, and I mean... Different things will connect with your heart differently. It is interesting. Because I've of been that. around the world a, a little bit, and in various contexts, it is interesting hearing how, yeah, the, the language one is an interesting one, where in context, words kind of mean different things to different groups of people. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have the people that take that to the full spectrum, basically going like, well, then like there's no boundary for speech that is ungodly. Like, I can literally yeah. say whatever I want because in some cultures, it's fine. Yeah, and we'll deal with that in uh, a future episode when we tackle um, language and cursing. And, yeah. That'll be weird. That'll be... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be interesting. Just Pull up. We should, we'll we should some get, science on that. I was going to say, we should, get a, we should get a good guest on that one. Or just, you know. Just us. But we can talk a little bit about that and music. Sure. Um, you know, some people might look down on you for picking up the, I wouldn't say newest, but maybe picking up a historical cultural piece like uh, an NWA album. Sure. I mean, you know I'm a big hip-hop head, and I talked about that on the show. So, I mean, I think one of the things for me that I've grown in is the whole, the motivation, the why. I think as a big hip-hop fan, like, at least in one go-around, I probably listened to more things than I would listen to like for entertainment or enjoyment. So like if a new thing comes out that I know is popular or a lot of people are listening to, not to get anybody's approval, but to kind of like be aware. Like sometimes I'll listen through it once or twice. And I think that that is different than just kind of bumping it over and over and it's on heavy rotation and I am imbibing it. Right. Like, it's like picking up a bad theology book. Like, mm. I can pick up a book by a guy I disagree with that has terrible theology that's espousing ungodly things in God's name. I can read that, evaluate it, form opinions on that, put that back on the shelf, and that's mm. different than picking it up, reading it, going, I now believe these things. Right. And now Or I'm entertained by these things, and I think he's sure. got a new, fresh perspective, so I'll keep it around, even though maybe I don't believe it myself, but sure. this is fun. Sure, exactly. But I mean, again, like I've limited and limited and eliminated a lot of stuff, and not that I never listen to any secular rap for enjoyment. I do it much less frequently now, mm-hmm. and even sometimes when I do, like my conscience is pricked where it's like, hey, this is probably the limit that I should be listening to this, whether like, if it gets for its workout. I know there's plenty of good hip hop that I also do listen to when I work out, but sometimes I'll put something on that I used to really like, and it'll be fun for like a couple of sets or whatever. And then I go, you know what? Like, I really don't want to like be resonating with these messages, hmm. but 
There's other guys who, let's say, use profanity, but and maybe have a perspective that I wouldn't fully agree with, but who are not promoting misogyny and promiscuity and violence and drug culture. Like they're not promoting those things. They're in the culture condemning those things. And I appreciate that. And mm. I applaud that, especially if they're doing so skillfully and lyrically. I do love hip hop. And if I if there's a guy who's speaking out against that like eloquently and has some content in it, like that's not necessarily going to disqualify it for me as a listen. But there is that line. And like for me, it's like a subjective conscience issue. Like sometimes where I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I can say a lot of things are good, but like at a certain point, like I need to turn this off and get some, give me some classic reach or some humble beast. All right. This is going to be maybe switching topic a little bit here. So we've talked about being purposeful and active in the media that you're consuming, thinking about how that is going to better you as an individual, Sure, right? It's going to contribute to discipline. It's going to contribute to your worldview. It's going to contribute in, you know, to your spiritual life. And so you're really talking about pursuing quality, right? Sure. And, and looking for things of Hopefully, yeah. quality, things of substance. Yeah, that's the goal. So what about Christian media? Gods.net 3. Jeez. And so, I don't know. I'm just making up a movie. Is that even a movie? No, it is a movie. Oh, it, it is, is a, a movie. trilogy now. Oh, golly. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just throwing that nope, out there. I was at Walmart All right, the other God's day. God's Not Dead 17. Well, they're um, not there yet. We're on their, on their way. And obviously, That's well, maybe as people are listening and they hear us laughing now, maybe know where I'm going with this. No. What? What do you think that's about... That's almost an episode in of itself. Okay. But I mean, but What like, if our reaction to worldliness is that strong of like, you know what? Like, I can just not be worldly because I'm going to create this Christian subculture where I never have to worry about worldliness. Yikes. There's a lot in there. I can have my movies and the Bible truths <sighs> too. Let me try to... I wasn't ready for that. But let me boil it down and like try to get to a couple of like what I think are the most essential aspects of that thing. Okay. So like I think one is like why do those even exist? Mm. Are those actually being made as evangelistic tools to attract the world to see them, to hear our message? Mm. Or is it like like a poor way of emulating the world? The mm. ones that are done really poorly. Which a, right, that's a lot what of I'm... them are to some degree. And again, like, and I don't want to like just crap on them either. If these no. are brothers. Somebody worked hard on it. Who nobody sets out to make a bad movie. Nope. Not even the guy that made Manos. Oh my. Nobody's trying to make trash. But he didn't really set out to make a good one. Let's be honest. He set out to make a movie. He did he set out to make a technically movie. Technically succeeded. <laughs> but like, why? Right. Is it like trying to emulate the world and to be cool or I don't know. But like the like the people that make them and the people that watch them, I feel like there's two different yeah. things. Or the people that champion them and who have churches buy out theaters, theaters to see these films. And I don't think that like the world doesn't know that there's a market there of people that they can easily cater to either. Mm. So like mm. it's really that's a whole thing. That's hard to kind yeah. of answer like in two minutes here at well, the end. That's a good point. I'll say this. I, I really think very clearly that the answer to avoiding worldly content is I, I think it's very clearly not to then create 
like an echo chamber of similar material that like is like a parallel universe quote unquote like the clean version of all these things with good neat and tidy messages that like reinforce the things you already believe yeah like some of those people are trying yeah. they're all trying and sure. like some of them are not awful and I don't think we're trying to necessarily no. like poo poo on somebody's good and intentions. And you know what? I or know. If you enjoy I it. know people that have seen them and have been encouraged by them. So like, sure, I can't argue with that result. Just like if somebody laughs at a joke that I think is stupid, like that was a funny joke to that, to that person. person. So like, art is subjective. I think what you said, even in that answer, and we've said so many times over the course of this podcast, is a really good way to kind of sum up. And that is the question why. A, you should be asking it. And B, you shouldn't get offended when other people start asking it. 100%. You should always be open to being challenged on those things by other believers if you're a believer. And I think if you are getting frustrated by that, it could be a good sign that maybe your heart's not in the right place. Yeah, maybe the reasons you have, if you even have reasons, Mm -hmm. are maybe not good ones. And you're finding out, oh, oh no, this thing that I like. Yeah might not be the best thing for me and I don't have a good reason. As I'm starting to think about, man, I'm a third away at least through my through journey our life. on this world. Yeah, dude. Like, whatever. If it's not that great, fine. Like, I can let it go. Well, and that was kind of funny because when we talked about the 2018 um, year-end media review, mm-hmm. I usually intake a lot more media than I did this year, but... Man, I was I'm working on a business venture where like I'm half of a company right yeah. now. I'm married. I had my my wife was pregnant with our first child through most of the year and the last couple months we've been trying to figure out like how to be getting a used to like raising our first child. So yeah. necessarily a lot of stuff fell to the wayside. I do have a list of things that I think that I would like very much and have a lot of value that I'm hoping to catch up on. Sure. But we necessarily like make decisions with our time and like, are the things that we take in worth our time? I think that's a really important question. Yeah. You know, at the end, just some words from what Peter wrote in his first epistle. I love what Peter says where he says he's thinking about his own death and he wanted to leave behind his letters so that we would have a testimony of the kind of stuff that he was teaching uh, the churches. Uh, and so really, we can be taught by the apostles still today, which is a really cool thing to think about. He talks about we are um, a, a holy nation. He's using Old Testament terms here for the church, for Christians, a people of God's own possession so that uh, you may proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once were not a people. But now you're God's people. You were shown no mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to keep away from fleshly desires that do battle against your soul. And he goes on to talk about maintaining good conduct, which will be a witness to people. And is this even on our radar? And I mean, I this is something that my wife is very good at, like, Continuing to put back on my radar because of tend to be <laughs> because of the Emma. and one of the things that you you alluded to that uh, podcast where Brett McCracken was talking about some of these things before um, the importance of community. Like for me as a married man, it's been very edifying realizing that my most immediate community is my home yeah. and my wife's convi- Like I don't just have Philip Marinello's convictions anymore. 
I also have Anna Marinelli's convictions to like deal with in my decision making. Yeah. So that's that's something that I need to like joyfully embrace. Yeah. As I make my own decisions when it comes to discerning what I should and shouldn't experience and enjoy in the culture. Yeah. And speaking of that, I mean, because we are going to talk about media on here and I, I'm just imagining this scenario coming up. And so I just want to have my conscience clear on this. But like if you are listening to this right now and you are under authority and there is something that we have reviewed that oh, if you're a kid, someone. Yeah, if you're a kid and or someone, on a college campus with rule, I was so rules, bad. At sure. That. College was, on campus with really rules. Bad at that. If you are, I don't whatever it is <laughs> where there's some authority that's saying like to you. Hey, like the one that you are uh, by God under obligation to listen sure. to them, have a dialogue, but don't take anything that we review as an endorsement of doing that. And if you do that, no media is essential. And you source us as the reason why you can do X Y Z. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you right now, you're wrong. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> don't drag us into that. <laughs> we're not. We're, Stop it. We're not on that. We're not on that anyone's side of any fight necessarily. There. We just want everyone to think through these issues clearly and also want to encourage people that as we look through stuff that that's we're a really wanting, good point we're sure. wanting to look through that as well and think about that thank you for bringing that up i never would have thought of that that's that's a very good balance yeah so yeah if this is if this is you if we are honestly though if we are your reason why you think xyz is okay to do something then you haven't listened to anything we've been saying you you gotta go press to the why and and like philip just said Reference your community. Reference the people around you who know you. Don't expect that you can on your own also just evaluate what's cool for your conscience and soul. And if you're really... There, there is something wonderful and kind of magical about sitting in the theater by myself and literally being immersed in something wonderful on the screen. But after it's over, I don't have anybody to really interact with. I do love kind of ruminating on things. But like the amount of stuff you intake by yourself... It could be really uh, enhanced by taking it in with others. I think you just said something that's so, so interesting. And Hit me. And I would love, if you're listening to this right now, like I want to put a poll up later on Facebook for this as well. So jump okay. on our, our Facebook stuff because I would love to hear your response to this. And here's the question, because I think for me the answer is no. Have you ever bought a ticket to a movie and gone sat in a theater by yourself? Not with a friend, not with anybody you knew, but just by yourself to go watch a movie by your lonesome. So, so we'll put the cinephiles. We'll put from out the that, man. We'll put out the uh, <laughs> we'll put out the poll there later. But I think I'm pretty sure I'm on that the no category for that. I don't think I have ever ever bought but I mean, a ticket and gone to the movie by myself. If we, I don't know what the stats are at all. But Josh if we also his head look yes at that he went. That's impressive. But like so, like legit though. Like if we just look at the stats, the numbers of movie tickets you've bought, period, versus <laughs> movie tickets I've bought, period, it's likely that I'm gonna be going more by myself. But like that's true. We also are very different, and like that's true. I'm I'm certainly in the cinephile category of like, yeah. It's just a thing I love. Yeah. I wouldn't go to a sports game on my own, probably. Well, I've never done that either. Okay. I don't get out much, probably. <laughs> no, like back in the day, awe concert. This is probably Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yikes. Nothing wrong, I guess. Whatever, I read a lot. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> so you want to put up a poll? Have you ever seen a movie by yourself? I what, do. Are, what are you hoping to get out of that? I don't know. I just want to see what the numbers are. No, I'm, wanna... I'm sure it's going to be... I'm genuinely interested. I'm sure it's going to be... The you have like a prediction? Um, I don't imagine more than 15. Percent? 
have have seen a movie by themselves. By themselves. Yeah. I guess it's, I'm guessing it's somewhere between like eight and fifteen percent. Okay. Well, you might. I, I yeah. I don't know. Surprise I don't us. think most people do that. It'll be interesting. Most, like the average, I read a stat, I don't know how accurate it was, but I read a stat saying like the quote-unquote average U.S. moviegoer, and it's probably been up a little bit with all the franchises mm. bringing people to the theaters, but like a couple of years ago, I don't think it was too long ago, maybe it was, and I just have a bad memory, that said like the average moviegoer sees like six movies in the theater a year. And those are like the big bad blockbusters that you're probably going to see with your whole group of friends or your whole family. Right. Those are like the Marvel movies or the big Disney movies or the holiday movies. You're probably not seeing those by yourself. So hmm. I, I'm sure that the average moviegoer doesn't do that. All right. Well, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of great listener feedback on this, just given that it is such a conscience topic. People feel strongly in different ways. Um, just remember kindness and and everything as grace, you do yeah. engage in grace with each other. The goal is to edify each other to like help one another like become more of what they're supposed to be like in the image of God, not to condemn one another. Yeah. So, but do uh, go ahead and jump on uh, the Facebook page, um, Facebook.com/slash/TheSubstancePod if yep. you haven't already liked it or followed. That seems to be where we're building the biggest community right now. Yeah. So I imagine a lot of these discussions and polls and things are probably going to be popping off on the Facebook group the most now. But you People can also can tweet at us sh- for sure. How are they going to do that? Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Substance Pod, and we have an email address that I believe yep. is the Substance Pod at gmail.com. That's right. We you can send all of your uh, emails that way, angry or otherwise, and I will read them. And I might. Uh, and if you're real old school. Man, you can hit up, even on a landline, <laughs> that phone number and leave us a nice voice message. We would love that. You can do so at 913-703-3888. So... Certainly not the up. last word on this topic. Sir, no, it's it's the beginning. But I think, like, I'm glad that we were kind of able to kind of talk about some of these things, but then kind of broadly go back to the heart of... This is always something that's going to be refining, too. Yeah. Thanks for coming by, listening to these things, and... Uh, and subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that way you will get all the great content that is coming up in 2019 right into your ears. All right, thanks. Hey, can you do some, like, you know, whatever your Anchorman stuff is? Oh. <laughs> Check. Oh, yeah. You are. Check. You're on. Mike is, is, is this super, thing on? Super popping today. The unique New York. <laughs> unique New York. <laughs> the Human Torch was denied a bank loan. What was the other one? I don't remember. Something walked in. I haven't watched it in a hot minute.